This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Well, good evening and praise the Lord. Hello, Dr. Hansen. Good evening, Shannon. How are you all doing over there tonight? Well, we're doing fine. Hey, I just want to say as we're getting started tonight, I want to thank you, Brother Hanson, and all at World Ministries International for praying for me in the past two weeks. I am recovered, and so thank you very much for praying. Praise God. And it is good to be back here with you tonight. Everybody, welcome aboard. We're excited to be back tonight with Dr. Jonathan Hanson, World Ministries International, and the Warning Program. Come to you live from Stanwood, Washington. And during this show, go out and check out their website, worldministries.org. Brother Hanson, would you like to open us up in prayer? And the mic is yours. Father God, we want to thank you, dear God, for this time that we have to serve you once again. We pray, dear Lord, that the word will go forth tonight with clarity, with understanding. People will be aware of what we're facing in the future. They'll be prepared for it because things are changing dramatically. We are entering into a phase of crisis. So help us, I pray now, in Jesus' name, amen. I want to welcome all of you that are listening or watching the Warning Radio program, social media, welcome. We're with Shannon Davis, OmegaManRadio.com. He's running syndicated radio around the world from Bali, Indonesia. Now, tonight I have a great program. I'm going to have Matt Shea, former House representative, as well as now a senior pastor. We're discussing the election as far as election integrity. And then I'm going to allow you to hear a program I spoke for the staff of World Ministries International and our staff service called Peace in the Storm. And then I'm going to make some comments about, again, the spirit ruling America and the world today. We're in a live audience. Let's begin. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. I want to welcome you to the Warning Radio Program. Also, those that are watching on social media, listening on a warning shortwave program or television, welcome. I have with me a good friend, patriot, senior pastor at On Fire Ministries and Kingdom Christian Academy in Spokane, Washington. Matt Shea was an allied attorney with the Alliance Defending Freedom and affiliated attorney with the Pacific Justice Institute. He's a retired 12-year state representative and former House Republican Caucus chair. Uh, welcome back, Matt. Hey, great to be with you again, Dr. Hansen. Uh, blessings to you. Hope you're doing well. Well, thank you so much. Um, we just had midterm elections. That's 2022. And uh, it did not go the way a lot of people were hoping for. Um, I'll tell you what, 
it just continues to to smell of a rat, continues to smell of corruption, continues to uh, reveal traitors in our own Republican House there in uh, the U.S. Congress and, and the Senate, especially with Mitch McConnell. I mean, uh, not supporting conservative Republicans and and putting them into rhino Republicans and and losing the Senate because of his selfishness, Matt. Yeah, we <laughs> we have seen the fruits of this. I want to I want to take everybody that's listening today back to a memorandum in 2017. It was written by a guy named Rich Higgins. It's only a seven page memorandum. I, I would. I would really go ahead, Matt. Uh, I lost you. Okay. Are you still there? Can you hear me? Now I can. You left off saying it was a seven page memorandum. It was a seven page memorandum um, written uh, by Rich Higgins, who was the strategic planner for the national security council. Uh, And he wrote this memorandum to then president of the United States and the real president of the United States, Donald Trump. Okay. So his memorandum, I would just strongly urge everybody to read it. Again, it's only seven pages. Now, Rich Rich Higgins, he has kind of a storied background, but arguably Rich is and was – he passed away last year. He was the the greatest expert on irregular warfare in the entire world. Wow. Why he was on the National Security Council. This guy is, is an expert of an expert. Okay, So here's what he said. He told Donald Trump what was coming against him, the, the communists, the deep state, and the jihadi networks already in the United States. But he said something very interesting. He said that the, the Democrat leadership has been the primary counter-state enabler. In other words, the primary enabler of the jihadis, primary enabler of the communists, prim- primary enabler of the deep state in the United States of America. Well, that everybody would say, yeah, okay, I got that. That's true. Heard it. But here's what he said about the Republican leadership. And I want everybody to pay attention to this clearly. He said this, lacking the discernment to recognize their situation, talking of Republican leadership like McCarthy, McConnell, this leader of the Republican Party nationally, lacking the discernment to recognize their situation. They will work with globalist corporatists and international financial interests and will likewise service the deep state. These establishment Republicans are the hard left's designated defeat mechanism in the destruction of the old regime as well as the American ideal. Wow. And that is exactly what we're seeing today. We expect the Republican establishment to help out the candidates that we support. Candidates in Arizona like Kerry Lake or, or Blake Masters, you know, we, we, we expect them to, and all of a sudden they don't, and we're like, why, why didn't they do that? Because they have been set up all the way along to give up at exactly the right moment, the wrong moment for us, and be defeated and to subvert and undermine the true defenders of this republic. And so we have a bigger issue on our hands right now. It is the establishment Republicans who have allowed 
the corruption of the system to the point that it's no longer a good system with corruption embedded on it. Literally, the system is fraud now, or the or fraud is the system. It is so ingrained that the system itself, especially regarding our elections in this country, is fraud. And they have set it up to be this way, and the Republican establishment are the ones that have done this. Anytime in a country, and I'm going to just give a, 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 a quick story, and I'll turn it over back to you. Take your time, Matt. Well, I was there for the first Iraqi elections in 2004, 2005 timeframe. So we were starting in 2004, but then in 2005, you have the Iraqi elections. I was there for that. I was there for the elections in Bosnia in 2000. And so we were trained, literally trained, to look for fraud in these elections because the stability of the country hinged on whether these elections would be received as legitimate by the people. And one of the things we look at, actually there are a couple things. First of all, in-person voting was mandatory. Yes. In fact, I, I, I was part of the logistics set up so that we would move people uh, into the elections so that they, they were, we ensured that they could get to the polls and be in person in their voting and that the, the elections were free and fair. There wasn't any intimidation. So that was the first thing. The second thing we were trained on was if you saw a vertical bump is what it was called or a vertical spike. In other words, there was a voting trend that would usually be in an arc. If you saw a vertical spike all of a sudden where all the votes went for one candidate, that was fraud, period. No argument, no excuses. It was fraud. And we were trained to look for these things. So if we saw them, we knew there was fraud. So I come back here to the United States, and in 2020, I see a vertical line, and I'm like, that's fraud. We were trained on that. We know that's fraud. I don't care what excuses are out there. That is clear evidence of fraud because it never mathematically happens that you have a vertical spike. Now, going back to 1948, this is what Lyndon Baines Johnson did in Texas. All of a sudden, they had a batch of ballots found, and they all went for him. And in addition to that, you had two judges that were bribed. We, we, know, we know this now today. A great article on this uh, recently by Bill Federer that details this. And so when you see these things, you know there's fraud. And so what we're seeing in Arizona is the Democrats keep counting until they win. We, we know that, that just that is fraudulent in the mechanism, and people lose faith in the election. There is no reason Texas and Florida can be counted in a night, and Arizona, which has far less people in the state, takes a week to count. Just that in and of itself is fraudulent. And I'm talking from the standard of an election happening overseas. We know that that doesn't hold water. So there you go. I'll turn it over back to you. So that's kind of my take on it in how this is happening. You know, it, it's uh, in Arizona. It's been now one solid week, as you mentioned, Tuesday to Tuesday. And they're still counting, Matt. They are still counting. And you have mathematical impossibilities 
in the election where you have the state treasurer with 250,000 more votes, Republican votes, than the governor candidate? When, when, that is never, that's statistically impossible, especially down ballots. Yeah, it, it just reeks of, of fraud. I mean, uh, here Katie Hobbs refused to step aside as the overseer of the election. Now, can you imagine this? I mean, uh, <laughs> I can't hardly imagine this conflict of interest. And she's allowed to stay on and oversee her own election and make sure she wins. Matt? Yeah, and I want to I want to define the term fraud right now. So you, you are talking about... Things being put in place that intentionally lead to a lack of faith in the electoral process and inconsistencies that by themselves stand alone that now the burden of of evidence shifts. So now we have evidence of fraud. The burden now shifts to those who are running the election to show that there actually is no fraud there, to show how it's possible that 250,000 Republican votes went for the state treasurer but not the state governor candidate. The burden – so these are evidence of election inconsistencies of potential fraud – now the burden shifts, and they need to come back and say, okay, this is what really happened. So this evidence of fraud raises the questions that, that we have to have answered. Now, again, overseas, they don't – you know, in, in these you know, contentious elections and in, in places where you need to see stability maintained in a country, they don't do electronic voting. They do in-person voting because of the potential for fraud. They must show their ID because of the potential for fraud. They must show clear voter rolls because of the potential for fraud. They don't have in-person – where I'm sorry, not in-person, but same-day voter registration because of the potential for fraud. They don't have mail-in balloting because mail-in balloting has been shown to be the biggest opportunity and open door for fraud. So now we have all of these things now. We don't have an audit of the code. They should allow those election systems to be audited, the code be audited for the algorithms. They should allow the logs to be audited to see who accessed them and when and by what MAC and IP addresses. They should allow also the, the original ballots to be sequestered and compared, hand-counted and compared with the actual final results. If you don't do those things, that literally is a system – if you can't audit in that way, that is fraudulent because you, you can't have a meaningful, you can't have a clear, and you cannot have verification of what's happening. So th- this is why I'm so strong on this because we had a standard overseas that can't, isn't even being met in the United States of America. How do we explain this other than this is intentional? Well, How do we explain that a judge will say, no, that everything's fine when it really isn't fine? When we literally cannot have a meaningful way to audit the election and compare the results. 
Well, I totally agree, man. Uh, when I was when I was a young man, you had to go in person and vote. There was none of this mail-in ballots, and that's the state of Washington. But man, has it changed! It has changed, and so you know, people you know people will say, "Well, well, you need to prove it." Well, I mean, true, the vote has shown the evidence, and instead, they got sent to jail. <laughs> I mean. You know, Catherine Engelbrecht and Greg Phillips, they get sent to jail. Where is the justice in that? They have raised legitimate questions. They did it in a legal fashion. They showed systemic. And and by the way, nobody has questioned their evidence. Systemic ballot stuffing. They showed it where it was illegal in that state to even do that or to do it in the way that it looked like and appeared on video to be happening. Well, now, the, again, the burden of proof or the burden of evidence has to shift to those responsible for the elections, the government responsible for the elections. And we, we have a duty as citizens to question this. And so what, what I hear happening is, is Stalinistic. I hear a, a Soviet-style response. You can't question the system, well, wait a minute, America is based on the ability to question the system. That's the whole point of free speech. If I don't have the ability to question the process, and I don't have the ability to show, hey, a standard overseas shows, if we do this, this is fraud. This sets up a fraudulent system. If I don't have the ability to show that standard overseas, compare it with what's happening in the United States and say, hey, we have a lot of questions that need to be answered right now there are clear evidences of fraud, then how do we even have freedom anymore? Dr. Hansen, how do we have freedom? And as you and I have talked about on the show many times, the first most important thing is Jesus Christ. Yes. Reaching the gospel of the kingdom. And so the second most important thing is to make sure we're able to do the first most important thing, and that's why we're talking about the elections. Now, I don't want people to take the bait, okay, that – Everything hinges on who is elected. No, everything hinges on who is in office and what they do with that power. Yeah, I, we've, ta- we've talked about where we have to put the right people in the office. That's the right. That's the great commission that we have a responsibility sure. to, to be involved with. And uh, if we fail, then the church is going to be persecuted because evil men rule and reign. We have a responsibility. But again, we also noted that uh, even if we put the right people in, unless uh, we we deal with the four sins that bring judgment on a nation, and one is uh, uh, homosexuality, unless we deal with these sins that even the Republican Party are accepting, judgment's going to fall anyway. So we've got to put the right people in, and we've got to have a great awakening, which is a great repentance, Matt. It is a great repentance, and... And with with this, you know, I, I tell people it's not the election that matters as much as the following day, right? What 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 do people do now with the the power, the position that they have been put into? And and that's really the problem. That's where we started the show with, you know, Mitch McConnell, Kevin McCarthy, and the rest of these guys. The leadership vote that happens, that's what's affecting us. You know, Mitch McConnell yeah. did not back. Uh, the person running for senator in Arizona, or did not back uh, Alaska and and other conservatives. He threw the money down into these rhino Republicans, and uh, we lost everything. If Mitch McConnell was truly a a conservative, we would have control of the Senate and the House. 
And what I don't think people are understanding is he is intentionally. Oh, yes. You're right. Sabotaging. I mean, we Murkowski tossed a seat, right? So he's intentionally sabotaging. They've got to get rid of him. They have got to get rid of him. And so this is, you know, this is why people are frustrated. And don't take the bait. Don't be frustrated. God is still on the throne. And these people, it's not like this surprised God, okay, that this happened. It doesn't surprise God that there is corruption inside processes on a fallen, uh, you know, in a fallen world. But we are responsible, too, for what these people are doing the day after the election. Totally. And Mitch is intentionally sabotaging. Kevin McCarthy is intentionally sabotaging good Christian, constitutional, patriot-minded, liberty-minded candidates. That's what's happening. And now everybody is seeing it in real time. But what they don't understand, again, I think, is that not only is this intentional, but the deep state counts on it. As part of their plan, they are the designated defeat mechanism to try to destroy this country. And we need to get rid of them. Oh, you're right. 100%. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Matt. Listen to this now. Uh, Harris County Republican Party filed a lawsuit against the election administrator in Texas. On the first day, 23 polling locations, Republican strongholds, were without paper or enough paper. Uh, 23 polling locations. Matt, this is something you would think in kindergarten. I mean, you don't have the paper on election day? Well, and, and let's, you know, let's talk about, too, the fact that it, you know, they test all the voting machines in Arizona the night before, and suddenly they can't scan Republican votes the next day. I mean, in, in in the country that has the best technology in the world, it it, it not it not just strains credibility; it it completely eviscerates credibility. So yeah, these are the kind of things that happened. You know, we we haven't even got into the voter rolls yet, but just a simple thing. I mean, taking the voter rolls of the state and comparing it with the uh, postal services mail voter rolls, right? We, you, you know, or mail. I'm sorry, mail. Uh, database. So people change address. It's logged in with the post office. So why can't we just take one federal database, compare it with all these state databases and find out where the voter rolls don't match? We're not even doing that effectively. And you're telling me that marketers in this country have over 2000 data points on an individual, probably more than that now, probably 4000 now, Data points on an individual. We know where they live. We know what their phone numbers are. We know what they're we, – we track them in real time on their phones through their app. And you're telling me that we can't clean up the voter rolls in this country and figure out who is actually voting and who's not? It, it, again, it doesn't strain credibility. It eviscerates credibility. And, and the Democrats uh, <laughs> voted in a man who had been dead for years. Right. Or the or the guy who who wasn't able to even string sentences together. And by the way, I mean, to to put somebody up like that for election, I mean, you're really going to do that to to another human being. And I mean, you just see this. We have to as citizens now 
And this is the great strength that is still part of our republic, is that things are decentralized locally. We have to be involved locally. We have to insist on these election reforms in our counties. We have to ask and go meet with, build relationship with the county auditor, and and start doing this locally. Don't think somebody else is going to do it for you. It's got to start locally. And if your county auditor refuses to do it, then be really public about it. Be really public about them refusing simple measures to audit the election, audit the code, audit the uh, original ballots with the final count, audit the logs in the election machines, and also review the duplicated ballots and make sure the voter rolls are cleaned up for that county. Super easy. Why are we doing it? Well, as you said, this is a deliberate act of, of if we want to say, treason, a deliberate act to topple the United States, a deliberate act to uh, not put in the right people that can save the republic. This is not just coincidence. This is not just being naive or ignorant. This is deliberate. They're deliberately stealing elections, Matt. And so um, we need to step into our designation as sons and daughters in his kingdom. There is a governmental authority, a governmental mantle mantle on each one of us, sons and daughters in his kingdom. We need to step into that. We need to speak that. And we need to have churches get off the sidelines and start becoming the active, repentant, spirit-filled body of Christ that God is calling us to be. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Warning Radio program. My special guest has been Senior Pastor Matt Shea. He is in Spokane, Washington, On Fire Ministries and Kingdom Christian Academy. He's also an allied attorney with the Alliance Defending Freedom and affiliated attorney with the Pacific Justice Institute. A retired 12-year state representative, former House Republican Caucus Chair. That's Matt Shay. Now, ladies and gentlemen, do you agree that America is in crisis and needs another great awakening if it is to survive? We're attempting to gather groups of Christians who are concerned about the attack on the freedoms and are willing to take a stand against what's happening in our government. We must expose the forces that are attempting to replace our republic under the morality of God defined in the Bible with tyranny, thus communism. The vision and mission of Eagle Saving Nations is to wake up the Christians to the seriousness of the hour and hold revival meetings across the world. We want to fill stadiums, conferences, churches focused on training, strategy, exhortation, worship, preaching, allowing the glory of God to manifest with people being baptized in the Holy Ghost and others constantly overflowing with the Holy Spirit. Again, get into the stadiums, NFL stadiums, NBA stadiums, civic centers. Go to my website, www.worldministries.org, www.worldministries.org. Subscribe to Eagle Saving Nations. At our lowest level, it's only $50 a year. You say, what can I do? If you aren't concerned with this, I guess just expect our freedoms to fall, persecution to come, because it's going to happen if the church doesn't rise up and take back America. This is Jonathan Hansen. I want to welcome you to the Warning Television program. Also, those that would be listening to this on Warning Radio, Shortwave, watching it on social media, welcome. We're in our college chapel here at World Ministries International. This is a 
live audience, and I want to speak on something that is important for each and every person. Peace in the storm. I don't care who you are, you're going to go through storms and some deep storms. I know we need to pray for Mary. Uh, She's a part of this coming to this attendance every week, our staff services and her husband, and and she's not here today because of breast cancer, and she's in some real pain. Dan, uh, Sharon's husband's not here today. People are going through storms, some of them much deeper, more challenging, more violent than others. But everyone goes through storms in life. So we're going to talk about peace in the storm. Philippians 4, 6 through 8. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are a good report, if there is any virtue, if there is any praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. Now, actually, a person could break down that verse and That's enough, Philippians 4, 6 through 8, to discuss that alone. Be anxious for nothing. In other words, don't needlessly worry. But by everything in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. Sometimes we say we give it to God, and the next second we're we're a basket case. The next second we're reminiscing everything we just supposedly gave to God. Did you give it to God? Not really. Mentally, you gave it to God, but not in your heart you didn't. It's still plaguing you, still destroying your peace. And if you contemplate on it long enough, it'll destroy every area of your life, every area, and make you a basket case. Whatever thing is noble, just, pure, lovely, good report, any virtue, praiseworthy, says, on these things meditate. On these things dwell. Not the negative, but the promises of God. Things you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these things do. Paul had learned three revelations that resulted not only in having the peace of God within his heart, but having the peace of God. Do we have the peace of God? No doubt Paul had practiced these truths through all the challenges and disappointments he endured in the ministry. As we read about Paul's life, we see that he faced all adversities that life can throw at him. He had the physical challenges that resulted from being beaten with rods and lashes, as well as being stoned to death, dragged out of the city where he was left for dead. He faced hunger, the elements, dangerous animals, financial shortages, Imprisonment, betrayal by his friends. Yet he learned how to live with peace in his heart. Peace in his heart. 
I hope you listen to what we just read. Again, the Apostle Paul was a man that, even as a young minister, I highly looked to as an example and a hero of the faith because of everything he went through, and he kept coming. I'm sure he got discouraged, but you don't see it in his writings. He kept coming. Slide a boxer that won't quit. You knock him down, he gets up and knock you down. That is Paul. He just kept coming. What a hero of the faith. All the adversities that he faced, and I don't know anybody that faced as many. I don't know everybody in the world, all the martyrs. Yet I know that what I read, he faced a lot and a great deal, and he did not quit. He understood the peace of God in the middle of the storm, literal storm at sea, the peace of God in the jail cell. He wasn't a basket case. He knew what was going to happen to him. It was prophesied, and he still went to Rome. How many of you would do that, or would you run and hide? Is there a bed big enough that you can crawl under? Hello. Physical challenges, beaten with rods, lashes, stoned to death, dragged out of the city, hunger, dangerous animals, financial shortages, imprisonment, betrayal by friends. You know, that's some of the most cruel things is to be betrayed by a friend. You know, Jesus was betrayed with a kiss on the cheek. People that smile and talk about you behind your back. That is probably some of the worst betrayal that you'll ever experience as friends. That's why most pastors leave the ministry. They're just tired of the hypocrisy. I've shared with you 90% of pastors in 10 years who are highly educated, postgraduate school, graduating from seminary. Within 10 years, 90% have quit the ministry because they're just tired of betrayal. You pour out your life to people you love and they talk about you. They, they don't rise up to where they could be and they quit the ministry because they're just tired of it. 2 Corinthians eleven twenty three through 28. In labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequent, in death often. From the Jews five times, I received 40 stripes minus one. That's a lot. They didn't go over 40 because you normally died. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Night and a day I spent in the deep, in journeys often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, and in perils among false brethren. In weariness and toil and sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst and fastings often, in cold and nakedness, besides other things which comes upon me daily, my deep concern was for all the churches. We're talking about peace in the storm. Everybody goes through storms. Some are going through deep storms. Deep storms. Paul went through deep storms. Yet he had peace. Point number one, giving all your concerns to the Lord. How do we go through storms in life, especially deep storms? Disappointments. Maybe we've received a diagnosis that it's fatal. How do we keep our peace? One again, giving all your concerns to the Lord. Literally giving them. Not saying you do in the next second. Again, you're complaining. You're ruminating. You're walking the floor. 
You having to have tranquilizers to go to sleep. Giving all your concerns to the Lord. The first truth Paul shares that will result in a peaceful heart is to cast your cares upon the Lord. When he says to take our worries to God in prayer, he's simply saying, tell God about it. Tell him and make him responsible. Isn't that good? It's like a husband telling her wife, hey, the, the door is broke. You better get a lock on it. Make him responsible. Then go to bed. You've done your job. What is that we usually are anxious about, if not the outcomes? Outcomes of our situation. Are you worried about losing your job? Or if you have already lost it, maybe you're worried about getting another job. Where will the next job come from? Are you anxious about your children's future? We all should be. In every nation, they're trying to topple the nations. Bring tyranny, censorship, control. Warned about in the Bible. A one world government. We all should be anxious. Yet, we can have peace. It was forewarned. We knew it. We can rely on the promises of God. We don't have to fall apart. I'm anxious, but I'm victorious. I have peace. We will conquer. We will win. Like an Issachar who understood the times and the seasons. He prepared for it. Instead of being a victim, he was a conqueror. And he prospered. Tell God about your problems and make him responsible for the outcome. What is it, again, what outcome that is troubling you? Maybe the health of your loved one. I've prayed with people in the, in the next couple of minutes, they're right back to the same worry. And I say, didn't we just pray? Come on, didn't we just pray? Then quit talking about it this way. The list goes on and on with things that cause people to have mental distress and emotional illness. Because if you continue with mental distress, you'll have mental illness. You can make yourself mentally sick. Did you know that with too much worry? Mentally sick. Where all of a sudden now you got diarrhea, you got an upset stomach, you're vomiting. And if you continue with needless worry, all sorts of real sicknesses can come upon you. They're called psychosomatic from your emotions from your worries. Real sicknesses. Paul had plenty of reasons to get worried since he had already experienced so much pain and anguish in his life, the Apostle Paul. Just the thought of some of these things could occur again would be enough to cause anxiety in the strongest person. I told you my grandparents went through a concentration camp. My father went through it. They could have escaped my grandfather chose to because he said the Lord told him to, knowing the dangers that lied ahead, knowing they would be tortured, and they were. And his son-in-law shot and killed for being a pastor. Can you have peace in that type of storm? Would you not even pray? You'd just say, hey, where's, when's the next flight out of here? When's the next boat? I don't need to pray. It's common sense. Oh, really? Common sense God doesn't go with. The miracles were not common sense. People called them insane to go to the, get out of the boat and walk on water. Stretch your rod. Let water come out of the rock. Open up the sea. That's not common sense. But that's how a lot of people take it today. Oh, let's just use common sense. That's why those type of people really never see real miracles. They got to have somebody else come in and do their mission conference because they don't have testimonies. They have common sense on how to survive, how to be selfish. Oh, pardon me. 
Righteousness is the will of God. Selfishness is the will of man. You've heard me say, when you fast, you deny yourself. What? Self-preservation. Are you willing to die for the Lord? Are you willing to be a martyr? If you're willing to be a martyr, you can have peace of God because there's nothing else left. Paul had peace in all circumstances because he was willing to die. And he did. He knew what was going to happen to him. They warned him. And he went anyway. Are you ready to face heaven or hell? Because you will face one of them one day. And let me tell you, it comes as a thief in the night. Nobody goes to bed thinking, you know, I'm going to wake up dead. It comes as a thief in the night death. It shocks you. Shocks the people around you. Shocks you too when you wake up in the wrong place. If you're in the right place, then you're happy. Can you have peace in the storm? Do you have peace in the storm? Let's understand it. It's appointed on the man once to die. You will not escape that. You can escape trouble by trying to preserve your own life, not praying about it in case God wanted you to stay, but you don't want to hear from God. You want, you want to get out. Are we, are we together? Giving all your concerns to the Lord is point number one if you want peace with God. 2 Timothy 1.12, for this reason I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. For I know whom I believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. Paul trusted his life until the day of his resurrection, until the day he faced God. Do we trust God that much? When we make God responsible for the outcome of our situation by telling him about it and thanking him for it, for taking care of it in advance, he will do exactly as he promised in his word to do. Therefore, instead of dreaming the terrible things that could happen, we are imagining the outcomes to be according to what God promised to do. He is the one responsible for this situation now. Again, whose report will you believe? Whose report? There's been about six times in my life I should have been literally dead. Times they told me, if, you don't operate, you're, if we don't operate, you're dead. I'm still alive. One, I could hear from God, and two, I had the faith to stand on what I heard. Whose report will you believe? Whether it's written in the Word of God, where you hear it from the Spirit of God. Not your spirit, the Spirit of God. There's a difference <clears throat> between your voice and the voice of the Holy Spirit. And when you get close enough to God, you know the difference. But to have a peaceful heart is to stand on the word of God and give him praise in advance. Remember, they gave him praise on the other side. Remember the Red Sea? The other side? They were giving him praise. Two, stop thinking negatively. Stop doubting God's word. I also wrote down, stop stinking thinking. <laughs> stop stinking thinking. You know, if you ever pray with somebody and you're praying and praying, and then you get up and and you catch the person right, once again going right back to it. Man, look him in the eye and shake him a little bit. Hey, stop your stinking thinking. Didn't we just pray? Oh, this is what we're talking about. Can you have the peace of God? Or do you want to pray, but then you also want to worry? So why pray? Paul knew that Satan would be trying to devour us with mental bombardment of negative thoughts. That's his attack, to doubt God's word. It's always been his attack. Did God really say it? It's always been Satan's attack to create you to doubt God's word, to trust in him, to have peace. 
He always wants to give you negative thoughts after you've cast your cares on the Lord. This is how the enemy attempts to get us to take back the things we've given to the Lord. Take them back. We just gave it to him. Half an hour later, we take them back. When they prayed, we felt good. We leave. An hour later, we're a basket case. Does that happen to anybody? You can stop it, and only you can. Unless you got somebody that can preach to you day and night, 24 hours a day. It's up to you to choose, as we read, what are you going to dwell on? Are you going to dwell on ABCD, good things? Or are you going to go right back to stinking thinking? It depends if you have peace or not. And it actually depends even on victory if you're expecting a miracle. Doubt not, and all these things will happen. The Apostle Paul understood the strategic warfare. He explained it to the Christians at Rome in 1 Peter 5, 6 through 8. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Humble yourselves. That he may exalt you in due time. Humble meaning trust in him, not in yourself. Casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober and vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him. Steadfast in the faith. Resist him. It's an action. We resist him. We don't dwell on it. We choose what we think about. See, we have that power. Choose to think on the good things, on the word of God. Choose to think on the negative things from Satan. And that's where the negative things come from. You better understand who you're fighting. Resist him. Knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brethren in the world. You know, other people are also going through the same thing. How did the martyrs become victorious? They resisted the enemy. They trusted in the word of God. They were victorious. And millions have actually become martyrs. The ultimate test by trusting in the word of God, dwelling on the things of God, dwelling on the promises of God. I'm going to wake up in paradise. In Afghanistan, the mothers told their children when they were threatened to either deny Christ or be beheaded, don't worry, you're going to wake up in the presence of God. Dwell on that, children. They knew it without a doubt. What would you do? Save your child? You've got to judge yourself. If that's your choice, you don't have much faith. You have faith in yourself, and you will fail your whole life in God. Again, we see the admonition of the apostle. Cast your cares on God. Make him responsible. And then the watchtower, because the enemy will try to devour your thinking with those same anxious thoughts that you have just released to God. However, we can successfully resist the enemy by taking the thoughts captive, replacing them with positive thoughts. Philippians 4, 8, meditating on the positive, the things of God. You can't stop a bird from flying over your head, but you can stop a bird from building a nest in your hair. Do you catch that? You don't have to dwell on it and let it grow, the negative thoughts. It may take some Diligent effort to resist the enemy in your thought life, but it will happen. He will flee. A friend said, I remember the time in Bible college, I was having some severe mental oppression from the enemy. It seemed like I couldn't shake the thoughts out of my head that were contrary to the truth of God's word. And I was losing my peace of mind. The Spirit of God spoke to me and said, break the silence. I had been trying to combat the bad thoughts with good thoughts. This was all going into my head. I never considered to speak out loud to myself the correct thinking. Speak it out loud. 
and it changed the images running through my wild head. You know, the Bible says, speak the word, speak the word, speak the word. If you're having bad thoughts, speak the word. Speak it. Not just read it, speak it. Not just think it, speak it. Words are powerful. He spoke positive thoughts, the word of God. And he found out that now he could resist the enemy. Now he could have peace. He broke the negative thinking, the patterns, and it resulted in him being able to meditate on the promises of God. Verse 9, the things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these things do, and the God of peace be with you. So number one was giving all your concerns to the Lord. Number two was stop thinking negatively. And number three, follow the example of faithful leaders. Paul had proven himself to be faithful. He had learned to live by faith in the grace of God. He could boldly tell people, follow me as I follow Christ. Do what I have said, what you have seen me do, what you have seen me speak, how you have seen me live, how you have seen me die. Follow me. Paul didn't leave out any method of instruction. He covered every possible way that believers could be victorious. Do these things. Learn these things. See these things. Watch these things. And the God of peace will be with you if you follow it. Copy it. Live it. Hebrews 13, 7, remember, those who rule over you, who have spoken the word of God, you who faithfully speak to you, consider the outcome of their conduct. He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. Proverbs 13, 20. Who do you hang with? Do you hang with people that doubt the word of God? Do you hang with people that are pillars of the word of God, can speak faith into your life, can encourage you, and you can be victorious? Who do you follow? You will and can have peace in the middle of the storm when you trust God fully by giving God your cares. God bless you. Shannon? Dr. Hansen, what a powerful word tonight. Man, this is for me too. <laughs> Praise the Lord. The best preaching I have ever heard comes from you and your ministry, Dr. Hansen. We love y'all, and um, man, every word is an encouragement. I continually tell people the story of 20 years ago when we were still on the cassette system. I was on the Tape of the Month Club, and as God is my witness, your monthly sermon would come in, and it would feed my soul. And I would listen to it half a dozen times and say, I just can't wait till the next one comes in, and I would be facing some crises. I needed a word from the Lord. Bam, that tape would come in, I'd pop it in, and the Lord would speak to me again. And I would get another 30 days worth of fuel. And folks, that's never changed. This is the kind of sermon that I've been listening to for many years, and I needed some encouragement tonight. You know, the Lord told me some years ago to speak his word. And it's amazing, you just echoed again what he told me many years ago to do, and uh, I'm trying to endeavor to do today. So I just want to say, folks, you will not find more solid Bible teaching that you've heard tonight here with the warning program, World Ministries International. I encourage all of you to get over there and become a partner wherever you are in the world. You can support this ministry so it can keep going. It can get to new levels where others can also be blessed by the word, encouraged, strengthened for these days that we're in. And also there's a massive archive of great teaching that you need to get up to speed on that you can get through Dr. Hansen's website. 
Brother Hanson, I want you to tell people how they can become a partner with you. Also, for those that may want to drop you a letter, give out a mailing address, too, if that's possible, and an office number, please. My uh, phone number is 360-629-5248. 360-629-5248. They can telephone and give that way, right over the phone. If they want to send a check, send it to World Ministries International, P.O. Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. Once again, the address, World Ministries International, P.O. Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. Address the check to WMI. My website, www.worldministries.org, www.worldministries.org. They can give from my website, PayPal, etc. Also, as you mentioned, on that website, going back well over 20 years, they could have pastoral teachings twice a month, as well as they could look up my programs. As you said, I started radio in 1998 on cassette. So they could look me up and have thousands and thousands, uh, 10,000 programs plus, and they could listen to some tremendous teachings. Now, I just finished a pastoral article today, Shannon, called Moloch Ruling America. Moloch Ruling America. And I'll speak that on your program soon. Ladies and gentlemen, we do need your help. If you can, this has been maybe the worst year financially. We went $69,000 into the red. We, in other words, we spent $69,000 more than we took in. We still owe 13000 on that ministry van so we can crisscross America, having another great awakening. Join Eagle Saving Nations. That's what we're pushing. We've got to have another great awakening. If you want to be a member of Eagle Saving Nations, please, again, www.worldministries.org. Click on Eagle Saving Nations. Subscribe today. Shannon, we've been praying for you. God bless you. And you're a fellow warrior that we deeply love. Dr. Hanson, thank you very much. And before we close, do you still have a need to upgrade some computer equipment? And if so, can people give to that as well? Sure. They can always give toward our social media, computers, uh, things of this nature. We would use it. We have a great need to continue to upgrade. So yeah, they could continue to give that way too. I want to say to you folks out there, Dr. Hanson is the original pioneer in Christian podcasting. And as I was thinking back to the days that I first started listening to podcasts, which has continued now for over 20 years, that was uh, your warning program that I was listening to from Alaska when you used to release the 15-minute daily program through Soundwaves 2000. That was 2000, 2001 time frame. It's amazing, <laughs> brother, the technology that you have used over the years and you're continuing to use. And folks, um, be a part of this awesome ministry. It's rock solid. This is going to help you get prepared like it's helping me for the times that we're going into so we can be overcomers. Brother Hanson, we love you all. And would you like to close us in prayer tonight? Father God, I thank you, dear God, for this opportunity again to work with Shannon as we continue to get the gospel out around the world in every nation and every city. Continue, dear God, to help us both, dear God, in every area, anointing. Father God, let your anointing continue to flow as we stay close to you. Let there be, dear God, words that speak life into people. 
words that bring people into relationship with you, words that bring conviction so they escape judgment. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for your mercy and your grace that's always there. It's new every morning. It's for anybody that will call out on your name. We pray right now, if they don't know you as Lord and Savior, they call out in your name right now. And then they start to follow you with the Bible. Follow your words. And you will continue to make a way of escape. You'll build them up in the faith. You'll be leading them by your Holy Spirit. And they can escape their God. Trouble that is going to come upon all nations. And it's about ready to be unleashed. Again, is this news article, Moloch ruling America. Not only ruling America, I go into how it's ruling the nations right now. And if we don't start to make choices now to follow you, if we compromise now, we'll surely be swept into the tide, the abyss of this demonic onslaught of Satan and the demons right out of hell that are sweeping the world today. Let us stand up for you. Let us draw nigh unto you, where when you speak to us, we can immediately obey. If you wake us up, get in the car, drive east. We'll wake up, get in the car, and drive east. Let us not be like Lot's wife, who had warning, but was so in love with the world that she died. Again, dear God, we thank you, dear God, for your mercy and grace. Bless each person listening right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Dr. Hanson. We'll see you next time. God bless you all. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.